Honest Podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. Yeah, yeah, and we have a special guest. First of all, let's give a round of applause for yourself for continuing to listen in. Go ahead, Trav. You got hands. All right. <laughs> what about. You know what I'm saying? We Indeed. got another ill guest in the building. Yes, Hailing sir. from the Windy City. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the yes, Associate sir. Marketing Manager of Cores. You know, Head of Marketing for Society Global. Are responsible for uh, Carpe Diem Day Snatchers, mm-hmm. the one and only Mr. Daniel Ware. There you go. Yo, yo, what's up, man? How y'all feeling? I'm feeling great, feeling brother. Good, man. Thank you for coming good. through, man. Absolutely, man. I'm glad we got a chance to, uh, you know, we, we originally linked this week. <laughs> you know, it's just it's kind of crazy how these uh, these connections happen in life sometimes, you yeah. know? Yeah. But one thing I find about, especially this group of millennials, man, I, I can't tell you how to pass this, but... I find that like minds end up gravitating towards each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's why I was happy to link up with the homie Daniel. And um, I know he's going to be able to drop a lot of keys just from his experience in marketing, um, how he developed, him and his team developed the um, the Carpe Diem events um, and their society events. So um, we're happy to have you on, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I didn't even know where y'all wanted me to go. If y'all want me to go real marketing, corporate, all that. <laughs> yeah, you know, man, we're going to touch a lot of bases like, today, bro. Absolutely. Talk, talk culture, talk music, me and Franz chopping it up. Like, we're we're, you know, we're, <laughs> that's what it is. Going in. I love a dude that know music, dog. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, Franz is the man for that. Yeah. You already know. Word, man. So, D, yo, uh, mm-hmm. so tell us about yourself, man. Uh, what brings you to uh, New York and uh, how you uh, graduated to this uh, space? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm in New York for the week. Uh, I'm up here taking this course at uh, General Assembly, just digital marketing course. And really just, you know, I'm, I'm a dude that's always about, like, refining and still, like, still growing, still learning, you know, just staying curious. So, um, so that's why I'm up here doing that. Uh, and then, in general, I'm from Chicago. So, I used to live up here. I moved, moved to Chicago. I'm from there originally, but I moved back, um, what, about a year and, like, a half ago almost. Uh, so, I was up here. I lived in Harlem. So, uh, okay, you're yeah. a diplomat, for yeah. You already know, we already talked. Yo, I was definitely a diplomat walking around. I had to rent, rent the pink Lambo, I mean, the pink, uh, the range, yeah, yeah, <laughs> laffy taffy, you know what I'm saying? That's what it is, that's what it is. Nah, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> yo, this, yo, this is my first podcast ever, so I, where, yeah, no, so you, you was living here, you so what brought you here? Did you come here for work after school, like, yeah, so, uh, so. I went to FAMU, so I grew up in Chicago, uh, spent there my whole life. Like, I never even been on, like, a plane before, before I left Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. that's the type of dude I was, just for the reference. Oh, wow. Uh, and then I went to Chicago, or then I went to, uh, I got accepted in FAMU, so I went down to FAMU in, like, 2008, mm-hmm. and then did my thing down there, uh, graduated, and then I moved to Miami. So I was in Miami, uh, living the South Beach life. Uh, I was working for Pepsi at the time. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated, because I, I was a business administration guy, but during college, we started throwing parties and concerts. Mm-hmm. And I'll, probably, I'll get to that in a second. Let me just finish the, the full full story, because I have a tendency to be all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, when I was doing sales, and I was like, I really, it was like my lowest paid offer, but I was like, yo, I was like, the whole ambition, I was like, yo, I want to be the dude that signed Beyonce to Pepsi and got all that deal done. So I was yes. like... I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna I'm finesse my way, yeah, yeah, my, my way to New York and do that. So I was grinding out, and that, that job was some shit, dog. It's like I was on a delivery truck, okay. like 4 a.m., dog, putting putting pop on shelves, like it was it was wow. Um, 
So, but I ended up finessing, met a couple of cats, and they, they, I got promoted, moved to New York to, uh, to lead Brisk, Brisk Ice Tea. Mm, so that nice. shit was dope as fuck because it was the milk commercials. Yeah, you said some yeah, yeah. that's Brisk, baby. Yeah, yeah, and I was a lot. And the funny thing is, like everybody says that we learned that in all the testing, and we that was the last time they put money into the brand for real. Mm. So, and still to this day, they still don't got like the wild popping budget. But they they did they did let me cook a little bit. Like I was able to launch a product called Brisk Mate. Uh, it was like an energizing iced tea, and it was it was dope. We was like trying to do some mad fusion energy drink with the tea, and like trying to throw the Yerba Mate in there because I was like the hot thing at the time. So, um, so I did all of that. Then I got promoted, went to the Amp uh, Energy team. I stayed there for like for like three or four months. I was just like I was I was in New York, and then I got promoted. And I was like I was like oh you know. They like when I first moved to New York, they didn't pay me like a lot, but I was just like, I was like, I'm gonna grind it out because what I wanna do, and I know this next promotion, they about to cash me out. Right, right. So I get the promotion, they give me my, my little side by side, a little salary. So I was like, fuck no, dog. <laughs> yeah, the next day, I, I was like, I my boss, I was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what we could do with this? She was like, oh, no, that shit firm. I was like, oh, it's firm. Wow. I was like, yo, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bop. You know what I'm saying? I thought I was a bop, but I, I, I cooked up a little bit, and then, yeah, yeah. uh, and I ended up getting recruited by uh, Miller Coors in Chicago. Oh, nice. And that was dope because I was like the whole ambition the whole time. I mean, I love New York and I still would move back probably. I still probably, not by coastal, but I'll probably be back and forth mm-hmm. to New York in an ideal scenario. But um, but no, I, I was like, yo, the whole ambition is to go back to the crib and just cook up in Chicago. Because I know mm-hmm. it was just like, from just like the uh, from the marketing standpoint, just being with my family and all that. Yeah. Plus like... Uh, and friends, we talked about it a little bit, like just being a takeover Chicago dog, and like mm-hmm. me throwing parties. I'm like, I'm looking at that shit twiddling my chin. Like, exactly. I get to be in the shot my whole life. Like, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's what's up, man. Because yeah. I'm, um, you know, like I'm always, you know, fascinated, and um, I've always built with people who have that mind where they, you know, they, they, they thrive in a space where they can pair culture with brands and turn it into business, yeah. good business. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Um, we here at Driven Society, we think the same way. But I want to ask, is Chicago, are there certain special things about Chicago that kind of spark that way of thinking for you as far as culture, brands, oh, music? You know what I mean? We need to know that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I love the city of shot. I haven't yet been, but I'm <laughs> really looking forward to it. I just feel like it's a vibe, like, you know? Yo, yeah. big up to all Illuminati's. Come on, Luminati—that that, that is the fire pizza spot. I'm not even a deep, I'm not even a deep dish guy though. Surprisingly, even though New York, I can't get down with New York pizza at all, dog. What? I had some today though too. And, I'm, and every time I try to give it the go, I try to give it the go, and I'd be like, "But where did you get it though?" Yeah, you got it. It was some spot called like Joe's. Some they just bought it through the office, but. uh but no, nah, I mean, I didn't have all the little hood joints. I didn't went to like a little bit of the fancier joints. And I lived, I lived there for like three years. So it was like I didn't, I didn't you know, been around the block. Um, but to your point, can I curse by the way? Mark? Yeah. Okay. I, I know. Be yourself. Yeah, because that's kind of how. That's kind of how. That's how I cook up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, nah, I mean Chicago, like, and y'all probably feel different because y'all New York dudes. But Chicago is the culture, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. you think about like. I mean, and, and you can take this however you want because it's like we was talking about Dame, and we was like, uh, we was like Dame had the ear and the vision to to find Ye, right? Yeah. But at the same time, Ye been Ye, and Ye is the culture, dog. Like it's you can't get around anything. Yeah, but it holds the culture yeah. too, though. I keep it hundred with you. I, I respect uh, what you say. <laughs> <laughs> I love hold on, but you gonna make me go blasphemous. Because <laughs> y'all had a healthy debate. My, my, my introduction to Chicago art 
was Crucial Conflict. Yeah. Hey in the middle Smoking of the That was my joint as a yeah. kid. Like, you know yes. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I always knew, like, all right, cool. Chicago had a little flavor mm-hmm. of that was, you know what I'm saying? But Kanye really turned it on his head, though. Yeah, yeah he really did, though. And what's dope is, like, Lupe, uh, Lupe bit Crucial Conflict's flow on his first album. He had yeah. a track that was hard <laughs> like that. Um, but, and it's funny about that shit because I, I tweeted that shit when this when Twitter first came out because Lupe is bad back in the day and I was like yo did uh, Lupe hop on a Crucial Conflict um, a flow and then they they, they, they tagged me they, they uh, hit me back like yo yeah you did that's lit and I was like yo this fucking celebrity hit me up you know I'm from Chicago I'm from Chicago and I'm like yo Crucial Conflict just hit my line <laughs> no I don't even know what they look like or where they at now but it's like but I definitely respect but nah um I mean, when you think about Chicago, right, and you think about, like, Ye's influence on just the world, dog, and, like... Yeah, it's crazy influence. And, I mean, because he changed the music game, and it's, like, that shit drove so much. And you got to big up, like, dudes like Pharrell who inspired Ye. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, like, same time, then you look at you look at dudes like like the Cool Kids. I don't know if you remember the Cool Kids. I do. First dudes to wear skinny jeans and snapbacks, dog. Yeah, yeah. Like, they started that. They started how we, we still dress like crazy now, I was a I was a straight-fitted dude yeah. before the snapbacks. Yeah, you now, never all, get me to wear a snapback. Now all I'm wearing uh, is snapbacks. That's so the culture you know, that's 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 New York. culture, man. That's Chicago has some fly dudes. And, and I'm, I'm always biased because I've lost New York so much. But you just asked me a question, so I got, yeah, I got, yeah, I got, yeah. I got to put on because I, I can argue the counterpoint too. Absolutely. But um, and then so you take, you take, you take Ye's influence, right? And then you got the cool kids on dressing, but then you take it a step further. You talk about drill, and you talking about what Chief Keep did for the culture, for the music that's still going now. It would be no little pump right now, yeah, no yeah. little Uzi without Chief Keep. They mm-hmm. took his whole flow. Yo, you know so what I'm saying? Um, bump J too, yo. He like, bro, come on, man. I, I was so happy when he got out, man. <laughs> Uh, like uh, I'm still waiting on him to, to do more, man. I can't, I can't lie. I was really waiting on him to, to get out. Um, that, that hurt, the, that hurt the city, man. Yeah, that yeah, hurt the city. Yeah, but he, 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 he this time like a real dude. The crime he did, like I'm not gonna glorify crime or nothing, but because I'm gonna be recorded right now. <laughs> but I mean, to rob a bank and you a rapper, dog, is about to get on. Like he had the McDonald's crazy, commercial yeah. move around on it. Like that's wild. Yo, I always rock with the um the cast uh. Um, L.E.P. Bogus yo, Boys. Yeah. L.E.P. Oh, Bogus Boys. Oh, yo, yo, yo. Nah, they used to have a swag I always rock with. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they had a vanish to ride around the shot. And you just be like, just looking at this shit. Chicago, man, that shit go deep, man. You, y'all get me hella excited because I'm even forgetting about all this shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, Chicago is beautiful. And it, it definitely, it definitely um, puts you in a different mind state, man. I just think... Um, one thing that's always made me so successful, or I'm not to say I'm super successful or anything, but I think where I've been able to prosper mm-hmm. was just growing up on the street. You know what I'm saying? Like when they're saying like Chicago raised me, Chicago hood raised me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like that's be true. Like I be going to these meetings and I be, I think why I've been so successful in my corporate career is because I'm just able to call bullshit. I be like, yeah. I be seeing some agency pitch me some shit. I be like, nah. You able to see what's yeah, authentic. Yeah, and then my brother. Oh, that's real. My brother uh, is a real influential dude in my life, and he's actually lived in New York for probably like 10, 15 years at this point. Like, oh, So wow. that's why I'm so close to New York. Yeah. Um, but he grew up in Chicago, and he grew up in the era where he was like working for uh, Malik Youssef, who was like uh, on good music, and he helped write for Kanye, mm-hmm. like all like college dropout. And he's like friends with Heron Preston, and like he knows like Virgil and Don C. So like oh, nice. all of those dudes, like that's called, always kind of been in the back of my head where I, like, 
they hot now, but like I was looking up to my my big brother and like yeah, yeah, yeah. he's kicking it with these dudes and I'm just like, yo, these dudes kind of wavy, they kind of fly. Yeah, yeah. And like it's I love it that that the culture is now shifted to the point where it's like you gotta come through Chicago. Vir- you saw what Virgil just did with Nike Dog, like yeah, tennis yeah. shoes, like he killed it. I yeah, mean, it's like crazy. Kanye yeah, yeah. with Kanye. Virgil's like, from the shot too. Yeah, Virgil. Oh, uh, actually, I don't know. Virgil from the shot. Yeah, no, yeah, he from the shot. Yeah, from the shot. I don't even know, but he from that tree though. Yeah, he he, he Donda. So yeah, like yeah, that's true. Chicago, dog. If you from Don, if you Donda, you Chicago. I'm I'm pretty sure he's from Chicago though. Yeah, but yeah. um, allegedly, I got we got to fact check. Yeah, we definitely. That shit. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, like that's he's, Chicago. Yeah, still. He's inspired. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, definitely from Chicago because he because the main Jordan he did the Chicago uh uh Air, or the Chicago one Jordan oh, one. So right, like right, right. um. But no, I was looking up to him and, and like I was watching all these dudes and so my brother, he moved up to New York to uh, do creative direction. So he's on agency side. Oh, so nice. my whole like life just I'm in school, I'm in high school, I'm in college, I'm just watching my brother cook up and do all this shit. And I'm like, yo, you could do that shit as a job, son? Like uh, I had no good. idea. Like, right. you know, black little black kids ain't getting exposed to marketing and advertising. Yeah, and yeah. what's wild is that we're we're so we over index in just everything because we're sitting we're at the crib sitting in front of TVs, you know, we go to corner stores, all just Posters slapped everywhere. They marketed mm-hmm. us because they wanted our, our dollar. We we had a, the highest disposable income. You know what I'm saying? So right, right, right. exactly. Because I want to um, talk about that. Like how I mean, we all I think all our listeners and we, we discuss this all the time of how um, significant this millennial generation is, especially this um, generation of color and mm-hmm. that connection to brands mm-hmm. and how um, how conscious we are of how brands have to speak a certain language to us yeah. if they want to connect with us. For somebody who translates that to, you know, to our community, how do you go about working with, you know, corporate corporate mm-hmm. side to like, you know, talk that talk to us, to the culture, to make sure they understand and, you know, um, deliver their products to us? Yeah, they be hiring me as the black whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> I know they. Yeah, cool. well, I, I'll take the check, dog. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Um, to, and and what's, what's so interesting is that, uh, in my marketing journey, like in the, in the last couple of years, it's very much shifted from like it, brands even caring about black people. It's it's it's, it's dwindling. It's, it's very much Hispanic focused at this point, but they still recognize that we I've, are I've a significant target. That, that oh man, it, it shifted dramatically. Wow. Um, you know, a few brands I've interacted with have completely like just almost abandoned their African American strategy just to kind of I mean, free stupid. up dollars for. Right. Yeah, I mean it's stupid. And why? You know, I'll tell you why it's stupid. Because of the culture, right? Like we we're so far advanced on on what just anything that we're into, and like we're we're creating just all of these moments and all of these cultural phenomenons, mm-hmm. and it then gets disseminated through all of these other you know subcultures and races and things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Hispanic is a little different because they're they're such an interesting cohort because like they're just so true to themselves and mm-hmm. you know they, they carry their heritage. And it comes from such a place of like pride and things like that versus ours really comes from a place of struggle mm-hmm. and, and hurt. And, you know, it's definitely a very different dynamic there. Uh, but at the same time, reggaeton sound like hip hop, dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they, J Balvin looking at look, look the rappers yeah, like J Balvin is pop. J Balvin's hot. Yeah, yeah, he's hot right He's now. been red hot worldwide. But Take Beyonce hopped on the Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In the States, I mean, he was hot worldwide, right? But in the States... He wasn't really like hot, hot, hot until yeah. Beyonce hopped on me, Jinta. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. now it's like, yo, J Balvin like got the got the crazy sponsorship deals, and it's crazy. Uh, Coors Light actually worked with J Balvin 
um, a few years ago, and I ran into, I'm not sure if y'all know Upscale Vandal, uh, Mike Camargo. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. one of my idols, dog. Like, nice. I was, I met him only one time in real life, dog. Like, yeah, I've been yeah. following him for, like, ever, dog. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I ran to him in a club, and then I was just talking to him. I was rapping, because I just, like, he's such an ill dude. I just had to talk to him. And I was like, yo, so I heard we used to have Jay Balvin on, like, the roster. And they're like, yeah, they, they ain't know what to do with him. And it's like... Cool. I'm, it pisses me off because I'm like, damn, if I was on the brand right there, we would have, yo, yeah. it went crazy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. to have an artist of that caliber. Because I think where brands fall short of is they're so they're so focused on this immediate ROI. Um, and I think when it comes to the spending dollars focused on African Americans, you can't so much be depending on um, us spending money immediately with you because a lot of brands that really spend a lot of money in our community. They, it's because they haven't in the past, right? They 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 fell off. They talked to black people for one point. They fell off for like five years. Right, yeah, right. they shifting up the message, yeah, shifting yeah. up the dollars. Got a different demographic. Yeah, yeah. We're about loyalty over here. Like we, we like to see you. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as the brand. Yeah, for sure, man. You fall off. We like yo. What the fuck? Exactly. But what's cool about that? I mean, from a market, I'm a nerd out on marketing. It's not cool from our culture perspective, from mm -hmm. African American. But what's cool is that um, from a millennial perspective, we're very uh, nostalgic. So like. For a brand like Brist, right, that stopped, you had the Claymation when we were shorties and they stopped talking to us for mad years up until I got on the brand. And really a little bit before, my big homie Richie really uh, popped off on uh, Brist maybe a year before I got on the brand. But, um, uh, so he really led the charge on that. But, you know, it got nostalgic. They're like, oh, yo, I remember the, I remember the wild Claymation ad. And, like, now you got this kind of affinity towards the brand. Uh, and true, true. even though we ain't talked to y'all for a long time, right. you start to be able to redevelop that brand. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. That's very interesting. Yeah, how was it, um, you know, communicating with, you know, um, different ages and, and, and cultures? You know what I'm saying? Especially mm -hmm. coming from, how, how do you tailor your messages to be able to, you know, impact correctly yeah i um that's a good question man so one so one thing about me i'm a dude that's really rooted in consumer insight like it, i'm not type of dude and my friends probably laughed at it, but i'm not type of dude that's gonna front like i know some shit when i don't die so it's like like for example i let lgbtq act for course like and mm. i'm a straight dude like that's never really i don't really have a lot of gay friends and any of that so i didn't really have a lot of insight into that world mm -hmm. so it really took me to like sit down and humble myself and like all right i i don't know what i don't know like right. let me i was going i came up here for like lgbt week and like did pride and like did all of that mm -hmm. to really like immerse myself into that before i started developing creative right because like you put some shit out into the world right and they not fucking with it come on dog like that's that's uh that's gonna hurt you more than it's gonna help you one, you're going to lose all of your initial investment from spending all this money with agencies and developing creative, then wasting my time, right? right. And then you wasting your media dollars trying to put it out in front of consumers. So um, you really got to sit there and tailor the message and find out what's that true insight um, as to, you know, what they connect with and really making an authentic and relevant brand link, right? Like one thing about LGBTQ uh, culture that I learned was that, uh, and I keep messing up the acronym because it's, it's really LGBTQIA mm -hmm. and even like some more stuff after that, but it's oh, like, sure. yeah, know. we're still like trying to like uh, figure out like what it's called. But even from a consumer perspective, yeah. do I say LGBTQ on my messaging? Do I say gay? Do I say lesbian? Do I say non-binary? Like it's so, it's so fluid right. and uh, you got to figure out like the right way to do it. And they're still developing their community, right? Like. They're still trying to figure out, like, because there's so much new developments there. They're just getting laws and just getting uh, a lot of rights there. 
Um, but uh, to the initial point, you have to you have to immerse yourself to be able to figure out what that right message is. And I was able to develop some amazing creative. I could probably show y'all uh, later, but yeah, it really re it really resonated. Really, it tested really high. Like everybody in the office was like clapping. You always get the you always get the hand class for the LGBTQ stuff because uh, uh, everybody wants to support, and that's good. It's definitely good. Um, but that was that was an interesting one for me. And then to the point, uh, I ran a program called My Client My Music which was uh, based around just up-and-coming uh, Latin music artists. So a lot of reggaeton, a lot of bachata, a lot of, like, hip-hop still, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, for me, although I lived in Miami and I lived up here, and I have, like, kind of indication of, like, how, like, uh, Latino culture goes. And it's another thing. It's not Hispanic. It's Latino, though. Right, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like, it's like little stuff like yeah, that, right? You gotta be sensitive. Yeah, you gotta be sensitive, especially in 2017. Like, everybody wants to be um, nuanced the right way. And, and and they deserve to be, right? And every, Absolutely. And every right. Absolutely. Um, but it's really, a, that program was really about, like, I had to sit down and, like, I had to immerse myself and listen to, like, mad Latin music. I don't speak Spanish, dog. Like, I'm just right, listening right. to the dot. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, this slap. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just like, uh, but that was dope, man. Uh, program did a, a ton of impressions, and some of the artists were able to get on. That was the same program that Jay Balvin. Well, it, I'm, that, it wasn't called My Climb My Music, but that program evolved into that where Jay Balvin started. So that was right, dope. Right. Yo, Cody, can you tell me a little bit about just the process? Because you 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 dropped a lot of nuggets in what you just said, right? Yeah. Talking about you know really like immersing yourself in your audience to be able to kind mm -hmm. of communicate. But then you also said testing mm -hmm. and then you also said uh you know impressions and stuff like that yeah so what i'm trying to get to is what are the um those those milestones that along your way to having a creating a successful campaign what are some things like for somebody who's trying to figure out how to communicate with their audience like an entrepreneur that yeah a product or whatever what are some what are some um earmarks along the, the way that they should hit or should be looking out for mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, really make sure that their product is tried before it's true. Yeah, I mean, so, like, the process, basically, right? Uh, so, the thing is, you start from, like, you start very much from, from within, from a brand, from a brand purpose, right? You want to see, like, is talking to black people the right route, right? Like some brands, I've done it, and I necessarily agree that we should be talking to African Americans. Like when you, I've, I've always worked on brands, at least from a, a actual brand marketing perspective. Like when I'm on my party stuff, like we work with brands that kind of mm -hmm. do other random stuff. But like I've always worked on uh, at companies that have portfolios, mm -hmm. and it's like every single brand in that portfolio has this lane, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, Coors, I have Coors Light in my portfolio, and I, and I help lead Coors Light, but we got Miller Light. You know what I'm saying? So how do you divide and conquer that, right? You got, you got the number two and the number three biggest beer brand, period, mm -hmm. in the in the building. So like, and they both kind of, I mean, they taste drastically different if you like a beer guy. But for the most part, to the average consumer, the same thing, right? But I said to say like, you got to look at your brand purpose and see if does that align, right? So um, like, you know, is that message right? So Miller Lite, for example, is whole true is all about being authentic and like just being yourself and. Coors Light is about climb on, and it's about celebrating your climb. So it's all about progress and growth, and like mm -hmm. just take taking a step along your mountain and taking a sip in a beer, dog, mm -hmm. and enjoying the little things, right? right. Um, so you want to look there, right? And then from that perspective, you then figure out, all right, like we have to figure out what our business problem is. Like, what are we trying to solve? Are we trying? Do we need velocity with a certain cohort? You know, mm -hmm. is it a certain region, a certain city? We losing, we're losing uh, share in. Is it you know brand health in another 
with a certain demographic. So you have to look at all of those things and all those things have to work in tandem. They have to work together. But then from there, once you figure out the problem, you have to then go into consumer insights and be like, all right, I know I need to talk to 21 to 24 year old African Americans. What the fuck do they care about? What do they think about? Like what, like if they, like why should they be drinking a beer? And it's like, you want to tailor that message to that and being able to really, um, really make it authentic and relevant. I'm gonna keep throwing that out because that's a big thing that I'm on. Absolutely. Um, it's it's what, something I learned from um, Pepsi and Unilever. They have like a whole model called art and it's all about being authentic, relevant, and talkable. So you can be authentic, like, so people won't call bullshit, but then you have to be relevant. Like, you know, why am I looking at this ad right now? Like, why is it popping up on my timeline, dog? Right, like, right, right. And then it's like, all right, now I've seen that ad. Do I forget about it or is it talkable? Can I then share that with you and be like, yo, like, check this out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Traps, this this might be your shit. And yeah, it's like, yeah. and then at that point, we're brand stewards and we're, we're, we have this affinity towards the brand. So you, you have to develop all those consumer insights. And then you get to like a point where you're talking to an agency about a program. Like you just have to figure out. And what one thing at Miller Lite that's been so different from my time at Pepsi was that at Pepsi, we let the agencies like come up with a lot of like the stuff they, they pitched us like programs and campaigns and stuff right. and Miller Coors is very much like we thinking of the campaign and like we're then, we're then yeah we're then going to agencies and be like alright you do the creative you do this you do like that like you execute it yeah you Got go it. you go execute it um, yeah. so that's been a, a, a growing pain for me and I, and I don't I do have a perspective one way or the other but because um, right. I've worked with both but uh, you have you develop the program and then it's a matter of execution and then you have all this back end analytics and you want to do digital and all that shit. So right, it's, right. It's, it can it get lofty. It's hard to sit there and do that I, shit. I, I could imagine because I yeah. do want to ask what you think is more effective, right? Because uh, you know in this in this um in this land of digital and this land of social media and millennials being on the on their phone over 140 times a day. Yeah. Um, there's still that. Um, you know me germs on your phone, dog. Yo, shit that shit's crazy, right? Shit is oh, wild, cause that's a real. If you don't, don't Google it. If you, if you yo, don't know, don't Google it. Franz, <laughs> yo, he always talks like about that shit. Real side. I can tell. <laughs> you, yo, my, man, my man's came yo, in. Y'all can't see us right now. He came in with the water wrapped yo, in the he, paper towel. Yo, and then, then he was a stickler for that yo, shit. Yo, son, he, he was eating the crackers and he was like, hold on. I gotta go wash my hands, and I was like, oh, I got a couple like, boys that's like that. I gotta respect it. You know what I mean? It's a real thing, though. You I'm a grimy dude. I just be like, yo, it make me stronger, yo. <laughs> hey, that's, right. why, that's what you learn when you're in the hood. You like, you like, yo, the jerseys make you stronger. Yo, kiss up the guy, yo. It help build your immune system, and make you stronger. Cats will miss everything. We go <laughs> kissing up the guy. I'm not gonna lie. You know I'm definitely kissed up a few now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. To my point, because you know you have that aspect of how you know these brands try to um, deliver the advertising through that realm. But to me, and my my opinion is really nothing as real as touching the people mm-hmm. when you're doing events and you know yep. these experiential campaigns. That's you know um, that's physical. That's live with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel is more effective? I mean, so we have this thing called marketing, uh, mar- media marketing mix or MMA. Um, mm-hmm. And so what, what it does is it tells us like the ROI on any specific venture, right? So like mm. is TV, how much money are you getting back on TV? Like is your ROI over a one? Or, and it's like, or, you know, are you on digital? Is your ROI lower because you're trying to acquire like a new target? And I'm just throwing out random numbers here. Right, right. But then like you have experiential marketing, right? And one thing about experience, experiential marketing, which is like your events and things like that, it always has to wow pop in ROI. Like, um, mm, and interesting. yeah, but so you have to nuance it though, right? Because you have to take it with a grain of salt. Because when you're looking at this uh, media mix, 
you seeing all these little factors, right? Like how does football TV compare to soccer digital? Like it's, it's so much and it's overwhelming. Like it, I still don't fully understand it. And I've been in marketing for uh, going on five years at a brand capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to look at what's scalable. So like mm. you're, you're, you may get $3 because that's probably where we're at right now on experiential markets, probably like $3 and like 20 cent or something like that. I just looked at it the other day. Mm. Um, and it's like, you look at experiential marketing, yeah, we kill it there, but is it scalable, right? I can't do that at all can't times. Replicate that it's not, it's not above the line is what you call it. So you have above the line right, and below right. the lines. And so what above the line is everything that's working while you're sleeping. It's like, uh, just like TV, like digital long form content and all that stuff. Uh, and people have different uh, aspects of what they believe is above the line. But like, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at like out of homes, that's like billboards and all that shit. Uh, and then you have below the line, um, where, and sometimes billboards can kind of go below the lines depending on who you ask. But then you have like events and you have like POS, which is like signage in like a retail store. You got all these like little retail programs and all that stuff that works in tandem. So like, it just, you know, you have the nuance and it, it's very much, it's always depending on it. There's no like, um, no like fix all for it. you. Definitely got gotcha. to like sit there and like look and see. Do you like, have a personal opinion or what you feel like, you know, creates the most impact as far as like when a brand is trying to make a splash? Oh man, I mean, if I could, if I had the dollars to do it, I would do experiential all day. Mm. It's super expensive though. Got like it. it's ridiculously expensive. Like uh, we just finished up our HBCU campaign and you know, like we only did four stops and it's, it was like a, you know, it was about a 1.5, like, and wow. it's like, you know, Sheesh. and we may not necessarily get the volume back for that, right, but it's right. impactful. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, people remember that it had a ton of impressions. We worked with Tip, you know, so we had DJ Envy. It's like, right, so it's right, about, right. like, reconnecting with the African-American community in a, in a authentic way. We was giving money to HBCUs, dog. Like, what's, what's blacker than that? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, really when, you, when, you re- right, right. when you really, like, digest and sit and break down, like, what as African-Americans care about, we were able to, to really help shift the culture. Yeah, we like we gave money to HBCUs and we had a program all centered around them, but it wasn't corny. Like we bought TI to do tailgates and then we had, we had the after party, we had DJ Envy spending, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. biggest DJ in the world, TI. I was, talk, I was trying to argue with one of my boys. I was like, where is TI in the grand scheme of like top rappers? I'm like, yo, he's slick probably like up like under the tier of like Hove. Like it's probably like Tip. I, I can't think of like somebody who's in between that that's bigger, right? Um, that's the big. We gonna come back to that one. Yeah. No, no, bro. Let's let's. That's a big dude. I, I fuck with Tip. I, yeah, I, I mean, he's, I, he's, he's I'm, not like, I'm not a massive fan, but I was just right, trying to think, right, like, right. as far as like how much music he put out, how long he been in the game. Yeah, yeah but you like, look at it from that perspective. Yeah, yeah, but but no, that but back to that. Um, I'm always the type of dude. I was trying to go to But but um. It's also New York dudes. <laughs> yeah, I'm from New York. Yo, oh, don't get it twisted. Yeah, he's from New York. From the South. Yeah, he's from New I York. I heard that, but he's from yeah. the South, though. Yeah, he's from the South. Yeah, he's yeah, 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 yeah. uh, yeah. he from New York. Um, but what you call it? Um, I forgot what the fuck I was talking about. No, um... Franz yeah, we got me on this red wine. <laughs> we real classy right now. Exactly. Real classy. We're talking about but it's, but it's all good. <laughs> nah, it's all good, because um, you actually um, segue to my next question, mm-hmm. too. Um... Because I want to bring up influencers, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and how um, the market has changed with the rise of, you know, influencers kind of like, uh, you know, taking back their, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just taking the power in a sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, number one, how do you feel about um, brands and their relationships with influencers and are, are influencers in a position to really leverage these brands for a bag? Yeah. Uh, 
so much with that one, dog. Because everybody's a, a fucking track. everybody's a, that is a good question. Everybody's a fucking influencer. Everybody, dog. and it's like, I think that's like, people introduce themselves as influencers. Yo, that's wild, corny, and, and, and the inner inner. I've heard both sides of that coin, which is crazy. Yeah, but like, so it's about to get slow for influencers, dog. I can't really. Lie. So they're about to start monetizing hashtags in the very near future. They monetize hashtag where you got to you have to use like if you have a business profile and you have to spend a certain amount to be able to use it. Hashtag, just like. Uh, like a like a cost of a click and shit like that. that's that's what I'm learning mm. this digital marketing class. So you go, so so they're gonna start like that's like a trademark on the hashtag. So you so you saw Instagram lets you search hashtags. Instagram yeah. and there's certain hashtags that you won't be able to use unless you have. Mm-hmm. So a brand, they're getting too many hits now, dog. So a brand could potentially use a, a, a an agency or influencer to like if you can produce me this amount of hashtags. They can pay like a a, a percent yeah. or a, a dollar amount per hashtag. So I, I think it's gonna go on that route. And it's still very new. The guy was just teaching me this shit. Wow, that's like a couple hours ago. That. But it, I think it's to the point where the influencers are gonna start having to pay to use the hashtags too. Nah, I can't see that happening. Yo, they, so how do you well, license a hashtag? You gotta look. I mean, at, it's you words, gotta, bro. But you gotta look at the social media. It is it's it's words, it's dog. Public. Yo, I mean, honestly, it's really easy now because all you need to do is just put on an algorithm to be when it, tell the al- the computer like, yo, I don't want nobody using this unless they pay for it. And this is the list. Come on, and you right, can set that shit. You gonna, how does that work? Be a subscription service. How does that, how does that work yo, in a brand's ca- capacity? Big up, but that net neutrality shit is about to fuck a lot of shit up. So we can talk about that in a second because yeah. I think it's gonna fuck some shit up. But for how long? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think, see it happening too too long. So, but it's, it whatever they are. Trying to do is gonna get done. So the thing is, uh, we were talking about marketing on the blockchain uh, in the future, mm-hmm. and what what that's gonna that's gonna really fuck some shit up from a mark from me being a uh, marketer, right? Because and from a publishing standpoint too. So right now, currently, and I'm a, we gotta get back to this influencer because I want to get to that too. Yeah, but absolutely. Just let me get this point off real quick. Um, so right now you have a protocol, and then you have application, and so the protocol is like. Uh, like HTTP, right? Or like that's like the internet, right? And then you have application, which is www. You know what I'm saying? And then you have publishers that then use the applications to do whatever they got to do to source the data and then retarget you and do all of that. Right. So we're shifting into this new blockchain technology and it's still so new at this point. Like it's like at 56 uh, bytes is what they keep calling it, right? Because it's like back when we were like on Linux right now. You know what I'm saying? Like we're mm-hmm. not even, even remotely to the point of the internet, not to mention where it could go. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of hand motions. Y'all can't see me right <laughs> now. Um, but so what's going to happen is that the blockchain will be the new protocol. And mm-hmm. then so the applications will then have to get uh, your information off of a blockchain, which is encrypted. So it's like they can't see Trav is this, how old are you? 28. 28-year-old African-American male from you know Brooklyn slash Jersey, they gonna get this one zero x seven nine cap lowercase j. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so it's gonna be difficult to market to them. So I say I say that to say is that they talking about trying to neutralize the internet right now. The fucking protocol is about to change, dog. Like we not even about to be like they they gonna redefine what all of that shit is. And I like I'm talking from a very speculative point because. You know, the niggas who developing it don't even know what it is, let alone yeah, disseminating yeah. it to my ass who just looking on YouTube yeah. conspiracy theories all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm throwing my little my little buddy at it like, yo, something go pop. Word. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but no, to the, to the influencer point, um, so it just has to it has to feel right. Um, and I think uh, a brand that I have a personal loyalty to that does it really well is Mountain Dew. Mm. And they, they do a lot with gamers and, and skateboarders and, and things that are very... Um, 
very crucial to their brand identity. Yeah, I do and see they, the skateboard. Yeah, they do. and they well mount or and again my boy Richie, my big brother, dog. He's the illest. Like I, I gotta introduce you. He's the illest dude ever, dog. But like Dope. he um he he do, does like um NBA and he's able to like get influencers from like the do NBA partnership and do all that. So they've done they've done the influencer thing very well where they've really coined the phrase being endemic into a culture into a subculture, mm. right? And that's really what PepsiCo is all about. It's all about subcultures, right? It's it's not about black white. Millennial, it's about skateboarders from New York that like cats. So some shop is throwing some random shit. Out. Like it, it, it gets down to that level when figuring out what's the right message to the cat lover or skateboarders. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so they they they've been able to do a lot of quality partnerships with that, and they also own that e gaming sphere so crazy, right? Because they they got on Call of Duty mad early. Like they've been doing that Call of Duty point shit for like ten years yeah. or however long. But um. It has to feel right. Like I think brands just like, oh, let me get these quick impressions out. Let me, I want to talk to African Americans. Let me grab Lil Rail right now and, and, and give them this ad ad money. And I think that's the wrong way. It's about very much building with these with with uh, with the influence. So I go back to my client, my music, which we it was very much an influencer program, right? We got a bunch of artists and we had them shout out chorus like, but what we did was we built with them. So like these is like dudes. Some of these dudes had five hundred followers. Some had a hundred thousand. Like mm -hmm. it was very much like no matter what in your journey, like we rocking with you if we if we like you, and you know we gonna market you and do all of that. Like we gonna we gonna get our impressions regardless. Like right, right, right. it's about us being able to tell that story and really help you along your journey. And it, the fact that I led the program, I came from a genuine perspective. Is I'm like yo these dope dudes. I love to see people come up, dog. Mm -hmm. Like I no. Like, it's similar to, like, Cardi B story, right? Who don't love to say they was on Cardi B or they love Cardi B, like, back then, right? And yeah, see her grind she out. Yeah, 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 yeah. like, it's, that's, that's the hood love story, yeah, right? Every time. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, so it's very much about doing it organically. So we were able to help these artists build and, like, some of these artists, like, if you got 2,000 followers, like, for you to partner with Cords Light Dog, mm -hmm. come on, dog. You you're, you're, you text everybody on your phone, bro. And Bill Light was like, yo, it's lit. Cords Light. Yeah. And now, so they whole family... They whole family like yo, they gave they gave Lil Zoe you know x amount of dollars and they gonna promote his album, they gonna produce his mixtape, they gonna produce his live shows and sponsor live shows and you know they're gonna put them on the website and you know YouTube like it's like it was give and take and it's, that's how it gotta be like you just can't give an influencer a few thousand bucks and then put pound ad at the bottom like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. wild corny I see it so much and I just be like yo this like to be honest. Like one of the worst shits, and, and and it got it got praise on like Ad Week and all that shit. That Calvin Klein shit that was all around New York maybe like two years ago, where they had Fetty Wap or with a shirt off with oh, the yeah. jeans and like uh, I did, yeah, I didn't get the Fetty Wap like and meat packing and shit. Like yeah, it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was the wild corny way to to advertise. Like why do I care what Fetty Wap jeans mm -hmm. like? You know what I'm saying? They had Bieber. I, I can see if people care about Bieber, right? Yeah, but it's yeah. like I just thought that was a poor use of like just using somebody's influence. Like I didn't necessarily understand. I didn't look at it and immediately understand why Calvin Klein is partnering with Fetty Wap. Like what right. the fuck do y'all got in common, dog? You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I, you, 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 you said like two things I found interesting. One, you said your personal brand loyalty to Mountain Dew, and then mm -hmm. also just talking about Mountain Dew, who's been very responsible with their brand. Like they got mm -hmm. in on the youth. Skateboard culture so, super so early, early dog. Yeah, you yeah. know, and they never abandoned it. Like they never Especially changed that message. Too. You know what I'm saying? What what's the how how does a brand you know invoke that type of loyalty? Because they're training a customer. I mean, obviously going to the colleges, 
you're looking to have a customer for like the next 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Lifetime value. Yeah, yeah. So, so in, in terms of that, like, how do you evoke that that brand loyalty? In? It it comes from just knowing yourself, man. Even from like a personal perspective, right? Like you you gotta stay consistent, dog. Like all the brands that we love, that we love. Think about the apples, the Nikes, Pepsi, do. You know what I'm saying? And Pepsi a little debatable, but like, um, who, what other brands is like mad popping? Whatever. But like, they all have been so consistent throughout their entire brand life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, their entire, yeah. even like, logo didn't change much. Colors wow. been the same. Like, the overall brand purpose is always like aligned. Wow. And it's like, when you do that for so many years, it resonates and to the point where you got 10 years from now you working a little less a little less hard you know what i'm saying like because mm-hmm. you know who the consumers is you know you know them like it's to the point where like coca-cola is a good example where people rock coca-cola merch dog like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying heineken like, too yeah heineken i love all brands man i mean i'm very much like like I work with these brands, they they cut me the check, and, and I'm definitely gonna do my all to like help them build out and like grind. But at the same time, like I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to be the best D where I could be. You know what I'm saying? I'm Absolutely. trying. To, I'm trying to learn this marketing thing, and, and I'm so I'm so long. You know, like it's like I believe we're just hitting the the peak of this, like of what it could be. Like mm-hmm. I just talk about advertising on the blockchain, something that's not even like fully invented yet, dog. Thing. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like absolutely. that nobody even understands, and we're trying to figure out right now how that's gonna work, and right, it's like right. that's where I'm trying to I'm trying to be the first person to know how that shit work. Like, yo, I need yeah. cut that check, dog. I, I got you. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's the thing. And I'm shit. You know what's crazy? Talking to you now, I realize we could probably talk to you for like a whole another. Oh, hour. for sure. Yeah. I, mean, and I, know, I, know, I know you got. We got to do point two. Uh, yeah. Part two. We definitely got to do part two because I know you got to bust a couple dance moves. But I do want to ask um, this question. Hold up, let me look at my notes before. You know. <laughs> shit, no, I'll cook up. You know, um, yeah. So for you know, especially on the marketing um, aspect in New York City, a lot of these um, cities nationally. There's individuals who are building their own brands, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of what's really integral to their business mar- to their business model is working with bigger brands, i.e., mm-hmm. Coors Light and whatnot, and want to do brand activations and whatnot, and you know work with these brands to um, cultivate their audience, but then you know expose their audience to those brands and hopefully you know agree to a business agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, what are ways? Um, Oh, what makes a brand interested in working with like these subculture um, collectives, agencies, individuals to um, um, you know either write them a check or sponsor them or whatnot to you know produce these type of live activations? Mm-hmm. You have your South by Southwest activations. You see all these collectives and agencies really doing these things. What makes a brand want to sponsor you know uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, someone in that space trying to do these things? And to part B to that question is what are certain KPIs? That they that they look for for success. Yeah. Um, so you have no idea how many emails I get off. Wow. Like, people just think like, you say you tell people your brand manager, they think you just got the bag. Just right. I could just I just got mm-hmm. cords like credit card in my back pocket. Like oh, yeah, you know, that's, that's the first thing you learn, right? Is to yeah. go find a brand manager of these yeah. companies and reach out to them. And what's funny is I always tell them, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm get one gem on here. I'm gonna get one nice. like real real gem. Don't find a brand manager. Find a find their agency of record. A, a what? The agency of record? Yes. Yeah, so let me write that agency, down for myself. The main agency <laughs> that works on their brand, right? So, like, ah. uh, so ours is 72 and Sunny. You have, like, the DVD, DVDs of the world. You have, like, White and Kennedy. 
you have all of these, all those big, those big agencies that mm-hmm. that work strictly on like one brand. Because a lot of times these agencies have worked on the brand for so long. And so what happens is, and Millicore is a little bit different because I think we develop probably more of our campaigns than we probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, because our our job is really to focus on the business, right? And like marketing is is a tactic to like get get them get the money. You know what I'm saying? Like we were we should be worried about the money, less about like creative and shit like that. But we end up having to do it. Right. Uh but the agencies are who who come to us and be like, hey y'all, I got this, you know, here's the campaign idea, like here's the how we're gonna activate, here's the events, here's the partners we're gonna do. In and then they're gonna source all this information on piecemeal it together. So um it's really about finding who those guys are. Like you wanna work with Pepsi, figure out who the agencies are, who who does their uh who does their um experience your marketing and stuff like that so mm-hmm. uh that that's one thing i will learn because you hit you send me an email dot like i can flip it over and, and some people have passed through because I'm, I'm always show love just because i'm a young black dude and thing and i'm trying to i'm trying to get it like i'm sending emails at at, at night too dog yeah, trying yeah, to uh, yeah, yeah. sell carpe diem of course but um you already know but <laughs> don't, you already know yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna talk, uh, we talk about that <laughs> part two though part, part two, two. Yeah, but yeah. um <laughs> but no you um it's about finding who their agency is and being like, yo, like, you know, rub shoulders with them. And a lot of times, like, agencies, what they do is, like, you know, and that's why I be calling, that's why I said it from the I'll be calling foolish on agencies. What they do is, like, they'll have German society just in their back pocket. You will be somebody's cousin or some shit, like, yeah. or, or they just fuck with you, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to then figure out a way to put German society in every single fucking pitch deck they got, dog. And then they're going to pitch that shit to every brand. It's a lot of brands just going to be like, we're so desperate. Let's cut the check. Like, we need this African-American dollar we need to we need to recruit them and then some people may think about it a little more but regardless that's the key to like really scaling out because and i mean still still talk to brand managers you may luck up on from that front and talk to the right person but for the most part uh it doesn't work like that like we're not we're not sitting there saying like oh uh we, we want to sponsor driven society right we're mostly like we have this program we have this campaign how does that work in our shit and then it's really up to the agency to kind of recommend like all of that um but from another perspective the other side I'll say is that you may not get the you may because I'm 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 a national brand manager right like I actually own a portion of like not own that sound corny but like like own like working with the brand at a national level right right and so I'm not focused on necessarily what's going on in New York this weekend right like mm-hmm. oh I gotta I gotta do some shit in New York this weekend you have local marketing managers that do that in most of these organizations and so the trick is really getting with them because they have the ability to to be more free-flowing with their dollars and being like all right they may not be able to cut you the million dollar check but they could probably cut you a ten thousand dollar check you know what i'm saying and then once and then once they said like oh we've had this program that worked really well and then they're gonna they're gonna send it to me and they're gonna be like yo look what i did with your brand like we really activated well in new york and and at that point that's when i can be like oh shit like Uh, they're saying that let me go let me go sell it up the chain you know what i'm saying to a national level. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. So, so that's that, actually a, probably one of the, the hardest gems anybody's given on the, on the podcast. Y'all, I respect hey, that. Anybody who gets any sponsored though, I need 10%. <laughs> I need 10%, my G. I'm coming yeah, for y'all. That's I'm, wa- I'm watching LinkedIn closely. Right, y'all, right, y'all, right, right, any, any agencies, right, right. I'm on y'all. Word, yeah, we can't let you get out of here without, you know, um, we're going to bring the whole. We're going to bring the guys and everybody in. Yeah, because I didn't even know. talk that party shit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But we definitely going to let yeah. you touch on it. We're going to bring the whole team in to really go in. But we got to touch on Carpe Diem before, you know. Oh, so I'm going to talk this party shit. I mean, say, okay, say, cool. say a little. You know what I mean? Definitely, you know. Say what's on your mind about it. Because Carpe Diem is real. I think we we um, we went to an event before even meeting y'all. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, um, it, yeah. was, it was super Appreciate lit, it. Man. Appreciate like, it. 
uh, it's definitely a, a labor of love. Um, it really, it really came from a space where, um, to be like, there's not a, like a lot of like, like there's, there's a few traveling parties. Like you got, and, and I look up to all these guys still. Cause it's like, you know, like dudes like Henny Palooza, like they fucking killed it, killing it. Yeah. killed it. And I, I think I mean, I, Cam low key and them dudes. Yeah. Them dudes are dope, man. Um, and I've been listening. I listen to Joe Budden podcast a lot, and like it sounds, Rory said that was the last Henny Palooza. I don't know yeah, I think, I don't for the year. Oh, was it for the year? I was. Yeah. I was like, because they kind of made it. They made it sound like that was like the last one ever type shit. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. But that's dope if they do do that because I think that they deserve a motherfucking check, dog. Like but Hennessy that's true, is the Hennessy mad, mad, mad bogus, dog. Mad yeah, bogus. Yeah, I heard some whispers about that. Yeah. Unfortunately. But you, but you got like a lot of traveling parties, and I think what's dope is that everybody's kind of in their own lane. And it's like, um, and I would love to like, I never even met none of them dudes, dog, yeah, to be honest. And I know so many dudes that, that know all of them, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like Grits and Biscuits of the world, those, some of those dudes are FAMU alumni. I never met them, dog, but wow. we're, um, we're trying to get to that scale of, uh, of parties. And I mean, I, I think at some points we probably blow, blow them out the water and at some points not so much. Mm-hmm. We want to get to a point of like consistency where, you know, you see Carpe Diem and you're not even thinking about Seize the Day. You think about Seize the Day party. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and um, we're, we're really trying to get to that point. Uh, we've invested a lot of a lot of time, a lot of dollars into it. And I think we uh, have a solid consumer base. And people have fun, man. Like, it, there's not a lot of, like, I mean, day parties is hot, and, but there's not, like, a day party. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and we're yeah. trying to bring, like, the Las Vegas feels, like, everywhere. And the thing that make our job so hard is that it's hard to find, like, the perfect venue for it. Because, like, yeah. the perfect carpe venue was the mad popping rooftop with the pool and, like, three, four bars and, like, Ooh. the cabanas, like, getting it popping, like, Vegas style. Yeah. But um, I was just going to ask you, well, how do you, um, how do you um, explain a carpe diem experience? Um, so, how I say it is, 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 um, is very much about celebration of success about with you and your peers, right? And it's about bringing the, uh, and I'm going to give you the elevator pictures. You just have been working on this shit all day. But it's about, it's about, it's about bringing the culture of urban nightlife into the day. You know what I'm saying? Into the daylight. And it's, and it's about doing it with the people that you want to be with, right? Like, Everybody say they party got the illest influencers and all of that shit. And, and it's, it's true up here. Like, in New York, it's probably true. Like, you got a lot of, like, popping people. But mm-hmm. everywhere in New York, you know what I'm saying? And I think we sure. have the unique unique ability to really bring a lot of those uh, those who's who's are together and really we're able to make a splash. Like, you know, one time per year in a different city. And I'm saying we on the road every single week. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, we only do in Miami once or twice a year. And it's like people appreciate being able to connect and all of that. So, and, and it's dope. I think we bring solid vibes. We don't, we try to, we really pride ourselves on our um, logistics as well. So you're not gonna have bullshit trying to get into the door. You're not gonna have bullshit with your VIP. And I mean, shit happens, right? But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we really pride ourselves. Like the, if we say the price is gonna be the price, the price is the price. Like we're not about to, but I mean, we may bust you over the head, but you gonna know we're gonna bust you over the head. Like before, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause you should have got your ticket. It won't be a surprise. Yeah, yeah, so, and I think that's why uh, I and my business partners have been on a prosper in the, in the promoter game so long because, like, we started out of a, out of a space of like, yo, we just we stand up dudes. Like, promoters are always so grimy, dog. They're like so shady, dog, and like that janky. And like, we just tried to like just be the, like the guys that like, like if our part if something went wrong, dog, you're the issue here. Here's your refund, bro. My bad. Come free the next joint. You know what I'm saying? I feel like. I feel like that resonated with people and, and they were able to stay with us at, for each venture because Carpe Diem is just one facet of kind of what we do. It's, it's probably where, where I'm spending the majority of my time now. Well, not now, probably like 50-50, but we got something else that's 
We got two things. We got two things. We got we got so yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got man. something else that's like tell people real soon. But we got yeah. something else that's gonna make motherfuckers sick, dog. Yeah, yeah, sick. Yeah. But I mean, hopefully people are not sick. Hopefully people just love us and they like y'all good for y'all. But I feel like both of us gonna be sick. Um, but yeah, we can't we can't replace it. Just trying to be stand up and and trying to do the party thing right. Like we were so young when we started, man. Like we started at uh, 21. You know, and we were doing parties yeah. at we started FAMU and we were doing parties that had like. It, we was probably busting for like thousand people a, a, a Friday, like every single Friday, dog. Crazy. And it's like, it's yeah, yeah. And it's so fire. we were able to build off that, and then we started doing concerts and shit like that. So we did so many like ASAP Rocky was our first our first show, like back in his first tape. Like nobody even knew who he was, dog. He was just in like the back chilling. So that's crazy. Yeah. So shout yeah. out to them dudes. That's what it is. Yep. That's tremendous, yo. And um. Before we wrap, we're on Driven Minds, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> Driven Minds. We, we, we ask all our guests, you know, um, what, what, what drives you? What drives me, man? Uh, I hate that this became a thing, dog, because I've been about this so long, but it's for the culture, dog. You know what I'm saying? And I hate, I, I want culture to go away, like the term culture to go away. Yeah, just yeah. like curation. I, I was happy that kind of went away. Cause like, uh, but I'm just a dude about uh, being organic forcing these these brands and, and really uh, doing shit for the culture and I'm really a big dude on, on doing cool shit like no matter what it is and like I think I like brands because I'm able to do cool shit on such a, a massive scale mm -hmm. and I also like being the dude like the Dame Dash of the world where like you seen this app but you don't know I did that shit I'm just yeah. sitting back in the cut like looking right. at you admiring my shit looking at you sharing my shit and I always thought that was something cool but uh, very much about putting people on putting this culture on Doing it right, and then like at the same time making a few, making a few bucks, popping a few bottles, you know what I'm saying? Buying some jewelry, all that shit. That's, That's what it is. You already know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, I feel all of that. Yeah, all, all, all that. All yeah. that. Yeah. That's what it is, man. I'm um, I'm extremely happy about this podcast, man. I just love this space that we're in with these, you know, dope millennials that you know can appreciate it. You know what I mean? Work yeah. the corporate side as well as you know. Um, give back and contribute to culture. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I think we're building communities all around. Um, we got some exciting news we're going to announce real soon about what yeah, we yeah. got going on. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's a pleasure having uh, the good brother Daniel on, man. Right. Thank you again. Good yeah, stuff. Man. Yo, um, real quick, before we get out of here, where can we find you on the social? Uh, D-Ware underscore LaFleur at everything. So, Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, try to keep try to keep it uh balanced, man. Digital strategy, you know what I'm saying? Let's do it. <laughs> yes, sir. Like we always say this yeah. time. Stay driven. Yeah, I appreciate y